Awesome, awesome. Well, it was, it was a good time, eh? It was a good time. Awesome. Welcome to those joining us online. I'm so glad that you, you joined us and pray, you know, God's blessing on you, that God would, would meet you in a powerful way as you join us online. Um, yeah, well, I've got, this, I've got a message this morning, uh, and I've titled it, The Struggle is Real. The Struggle is Real. And there's this catchphrase that has been going around for of recent times, or maybe for a wee while now, and it's this catchphrase that says, the struggle is real. And it's often like uh, in our social media f- feeds, and uh, we say that about things that um, maybe we can all relate to, or, or most of us can relate to in a particular way, and it's everyday things, and we say, you know, that the struggle is real. So what I've got this morning is I've just got um, a few memes. That, so I searched on Google, the struggle is real, and I've come up with these memes. So this one here, I don't know if you can relate to that one. Should I clean my room, picking up one sock, and Kermit's out to it. And then we've got the next slide, um, if you could, Kieran. What about this one? Remember the times you had to press that number maybe three or four times, and we, we thought we are all good until now, eh? But the, the, we'd say now the struggle was real. But that's all we knew back then. And we've got another slide coming up. What about this one? Someone introduces you, get introduced to someone, they say their name, a minute later, you're trying to remember their name. <laughs> the struggle's real. And then and I think we've got one more. I don't know whether you can relate to that. <laughs> Parents or grandparents. The kids want to watch Paw Patrol again. <laughs> Hands up, any, any point of relevance there? Awesome. Okay. No, that's good. Well, this morning... I do want to talk about a real struggle in the Bible, and uh, this is a real interesting struggle. It's one of those passages in the Bible that almost, uh, you know, you could say is a bit bizarre, a bit strange, and it's quite, it's an intriguing uh, passage, but there's a real struggle that goes on, and so I'm going to read from some verses of that passage, um, but before I do that, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, I just thank you for this morning, and, and God, I just thank you that you're in this place. And, and Lord, as I was just reading through before in the book of Ephesians, that, that um, the spirit of the ear is, is ruled by principalities and powers of darkness, by, by Satan and the, and the sons of disobedience. But I thank you, God, that in you, Christ, that Holy Spirit, you rule the ear, you rule the atmosphere, Lord God, when we believe in you, when we have faith in you, that Holy Spirit, that you hover over this place, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and there is liberty, and I just declare, Holy Spirit, you to reign in this place, I just declare, Jesus, and your authority, that you have full authority in this place, that that you can reign in this place, Holy Spirit, as you're doing now, I just pray for increase in this place, Lord God, I pray that, God, I just feel like you say that, you know, if we can be real with you, then you'll be real with us. And I just pray that, God, that you'd show us what that looks like this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd reveal to us what it is for us to be real with you, to come to you in such a way where we seek you with all our heart and find you and be found by you when we keep on asking, when we keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and we find you right there with us. But we've got to come after you with everything that we've got and seeking you by you by your help, Holy Spirit. So I just pray that you'd just really show us what that is the corporately, but you'd show us individually 
personally, that you'd speak to every single person here, I pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Awesome. So this, um, this passage comes up in Genesis chapter 32, um, verses 22 to 32. And so this is talking about Jacob in the Bible. And so starting at verses 20, verse 22. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that shrank. So a real interesting verses, a real interesting passage, and and um, I just want to give you some context. So the verses prior to that, the verses that came before um, that passage of Scripture in that chapter was all about Jacob's brother Esau coming to meet him. And so Jacob gets the word that his brother Esau is coming to meet him. And Jacob is greatly afraid. You know, he is terrified. He is just in panic mode. And there's, good, there's actually good, some good reason for that, and, and, and it, makes, it makes sense that he's in that particular, we could understand why he's in that particular state. And the reason being is that um, Jacob, actually through deceit and through trickery, actually stole Esau's birthright. And also, um, through deceit and through trickery, he stole the blessing that would have been Esau's as the firstborn when his father was in a vulnerable position and couldn't really see very well. Um, Jacob um, pretended to be Esau and disguised himself, and then he received the father's blessing. And once that blessing was given, that was set, that was in place for, for Jacob. And there's a type there, and we could go into things and, and the type in, of, of Christ and how that relates to that. There's all sorts of this stuff there. But from that, you could imagine that like this Esau, like he is not happy. And he actually vowed at that point, he's like, I'm going to take my brother out. Like, I am going to kill him. And so he vowed his revenge at this stage. So this point where Jacob's in this situation is some time later, and it's the next point where Jacob and Esau are meeting. And so Esau's coming, uh, not just himself, but with 400 other men. And Esau's a, a, a military man. He's a, he's, a, he's a man of war. He's a hunter. And so Jacob is, is scared. And so what Jacob does is he thinks, oh, how am I going to solve this? What am I going to do? And he, and he thinks, okay, 
whatever's in my hand, I'm going to use. So he's got cattle and sheep and goats and herds. And, and so he, descends, he decides to send them uh, to Esau as an offer of appeasement, as an offer to try and calm, uh, hopefully try and calm Esau down before he meets with him. And so he does that. And then that night he goes with his family and with the rest of what he has. And then he sends his family um, across the brook and then uh, with the rest of what he has. And then it's just Jacob left here. And so you can imagine what Jacob's like. This is at night, and Jacob is in a state of just, he's greatly afraid and distressed, and like, I don't think he would have got much sleep anyway, you know, like he would have struggled to sleep with all that um, um, going on. But God comes to meet him, that this encounter happens, and this, this, this man comes, and it's just this unusual encounter where this wrestling match starts. And this wrestling match goes all night. And I don't know about you, but if I was Jacob, I would have wanted to curl up in a ball. I would have wanted to be comfortable. And I would have wanted God to meet me, you know, in a dream or in a vision like he'd previously done with Jacob. But no, he initiates this wrestling match. I mean, what a time to do it. Like, Jacob's like, freak, he's freaking out. And um, let alone having to wrestle all night. So he initiates this wrestling match. And so God initiates that, but at some point, Jacob decides to get a dogged, determined, uh, a grit, a resolve within him to say, I'm not letting this guy go. I am not letting God go. I am not letting God go until he blesses me. I am not letting him go. And at some point, he made a decision to do that. At some point, he recognized what was going on, and he was like, I'm not letting God go until he blesses me. You know, he is, God is the source of blessing. You know, he is the source of salvation. And we can rightly say, you know, I'm not letting you go, God, because by faith, you are the source of my life. You are everything that I need. You are my blessing. You are my salvation. Where else should I go? Hey, I'm not letting you go, God. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to continue to hold on to you. I'm going to, I'm going to persevere and endure in this because, God, you are my God. You are my hope. You are my reason. You are my purpose. You are my life. You are all that I need. You are my salvation. You are my righteousness. You are the reason that I get up every morning. You are the reason that I live. And, God, if you've got another thing coming, if you think I'm going to let you go, if you think I'm going to let you go, and so Jacob makes this decision to do that. And then if, it, if, it, if the wrestling match wasn't hard enough, I mean, you think about wrestling. I haven't done wrestling before. Well, I have, but not in like a proper format wrestling competition, but I, I've certainly wrestled before. And it, it, it takes, like, it, it, takes, it takes so much focus, doesn't it? It takes, like, all of your effort and it takes all, every, all your determination to try and chuck this joke, try and chuck this guy out of the ring or pin him or, and, but, but for you to stay in the ring and, man, it, it just takes so much effort, eh? And so Jacob was in this place, and he's doing this, and then this guy, you know, the man has the audacity to put his hip socket out of joint. I mean, and, and even in that, it's like, you know, despite my circumstances, despite what I've been through, despite my failures, despite my family situation, despite the generations that's been, despite that health challenge, you know what, I'm not going to let you go, God. I'm not going to let you go, no matter what's going on in my life. No matter how hard things are, you know, I'm holding on to you because you are the source of blessing. You are the source of life. And Jacob's like got this audacity, like, you've got another thing coming if you think I'm going to let you go. 
That's faith, eh? Faith is to believe that on the other side of holding on to God, there's blessing, there's healing, there's wholeness, there's peace, there's all those things, right? Job said in the book of Job, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. You know, last Sunday, I prayed uh, myself and I was getting, is this a glass of water mine? I think it's mine, yeah. Better check that out. I could drink from the other side. But last Sunday, we had a group up and we, we prayed for them, myself and um, a few others, and we, we anointed them with oil. And man, things got real. And we were, we were praying for this, praying for this group and it was awesome. We just went there, eh? We just absolutely went there. And, and you know you know who you are. And um, we, we prayed for you. And and a couple um, a couple of the of the group that we're praying for said, Hey, um, can we get anointed and prayed for again? And I was just like, bring it on. Like, how good is that? I was just like, come on. Like, these jokers, they're not mucking around, you know? Let's pray for you. Like, God will meet you where your hunger is. And we just went there again. And, and God did something again. And you know what? God is, there's no limits to God, eh? He's, he's eternal. He's, he's massive. He's, there's, there's no limits to him. We can keep seeking him. We're not going to come to the end of God. So why, why, why muck around? Why muck around and thinking we've just got a ticket to heaven? Can I say that? Is that a bit harsh? No. I'll bring it back in some context. And that. But he, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 16 says, and this is the next slide. Thanks, Kieran. Read the scriptures. That's it. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, bringing some context to that last statement, you know, it's not, our salvation and knowing Jesus and, and, and being saved and believing in him and calling him Lord of our life, it's not just so that we get to heaven. It's not just so that we can get there, but there's, there's an access that is created. There's an access to God's grace. And God says, and in Hebrews it says, therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, Jesus has died on the cross. His blood has been shed. You know, his body has been broken. He's done it all. And we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can go, God, I'm not letting you go. You know, you are the one who makes me whole. You are the one who gives me peace. God, I'm not settling just for a happy, nice, peaceful demeanor. But God, I'm going after your peace until it is within my soul, deep within, and it permeates out of my very being because that's the peace that you promise. I'm not just going to sing songs about you vocally but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to hold on to you until it's not just a vocal song in, in, in terms of notes and in terms of vocally singing from your voice, but it's actually melodies deep within your heart. You know, I'm not going to let you go, God, until melodies rise up within me of praise and, and worship and right from my very being, I can't help humming in the day. I can't help whistling in the day. Whatever you do, I can't help singing, but my being is overflowing with the goodness and the glory and the grace of God and worshiping Him. You know, I'm not going to stop until that happens because that's what God promises. Why should we stop? Why should we stop just at the gate? 
Why should we stop just one step over? There's so much to be had. We've only got one shot at this. We've only got one life. There's no other dress rehearsal on earth. We've only got one shot. Let's not take it lightly. There's grace that's available. There's limitless grace to see his kingdom come and see his will be done. You know, there's diamonds to be had. There's gold to be had. There's jewels to be had. If we just dig a little deeper, if we just go a bit further, if we say, God, I'm getting real with you and I know you're going to get real with me and I'm going to dig, I'm going to dig that jolly hole until I find diamonds, until I find gold, until I find jewels, because that's what God promises. He promises an inheritance for the saints. He promises that, and when he gives that, it changes the world around us. We can preach the gospel. We can disciple all nations. We can be a witness to the world. We can shine the light of God wherever we go. We have a changed life that is absolutely changes everything around us. Why would we stop? Why would we muck around? There's so much to be had, and I know it's a struggle, and that's the title of my message, but we can, we can go after this thing. We can get real with this thing. You know, I was thinking about heaven, and I just don't think that I'm going to be up at heaven one day and, and say, you know what, I'm talking to my friends and talking to people that I partner with as Christians. I don't think I'm going to say, I'm so glad I stuck in my comfort zone while I was on earth. I don't think I'm going to say, I'm so glad I played this safe. I want to say, to have stories to friends and partners to say, hey, remember that time when we were like freaking out and we didn't know where we were going, but we just felt like God pulling us. We felt like God drawing us. We felt like God leading us. Remember that time? And like, we just sort of stepped out and, and, and remember that time and we had that dream and we didn't really know what was the step ahead, but we took one step and we persevered in that dream and, and we didn't know the, even the corner or we didn't know even a, a hint of what God was going to do. And we didn't realize that, you know, like that actually like God, uh, we didn't realize that it didn't work out in our way initially, but actually like God did so much more. He did exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can ask or think according to his power that works within us. You know, God did so much more. And and remember that time we felt like nervous wrecks and we didn't really know what we were doing, but we just lived by faith. Remember that time? I want to get to heavens and have stories like that. Remember that time we took that risk because we believed that God was with us? Remember that time when we stepped out in faith? Man, I want to have stories like that. I don't want to hold back. I don't want to hold back. And I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you. And I've already preached this message to me in practice, but I'm talking to you and, and to me. But I don't want to hold back, man. This is, this is for real, eh? And I just believe that in preparing for this message about a, a, a wee while back, it's like, hey, if we get real with God, God's going to get real with us. Hey, God, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go until you bless me because you're the source of my blessing. <clears throat> you're the source of my salvation. You're the source of my righteousness. This is not a game. This is not a game. This is not a game. You know, in Genesis chapter 32, verses 28, coming back to, coming back to that account, God said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And I want to talk about a struggle with man. 
talked about a struggle with God and a wrestle with God, but I want to talk about our struggle with man. The Bible's very clear. In Ephesians, it says that our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against man. It's not against other people, but it's against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly place. So it's a spiritual battle. But let's just be real. We struggle with people. And, and some of you might be looking innocently at me. I'll probably be doing the same thing. Like, what struggle? But actually, like, you know, we, we struggle with people. And, and, and let's just be real about this. Like, I think, think about you going to a particular event or something like, oh, that person, oh, that person's going to be there. Oh, yikes. Going to that family situation. Oh, man. Oh, how's this going to go? That such and such is there. Oh, that person. Oh. I'm, I'm refraining on using words. <laughs> I'm keeping it very general, as I should. But we've got to be real about this, this struggle. You know, we've got to be real about the struggle. But don't think in an accident that you're in that workplace or you're in that situation and that person rubs you up the wrong way and you clash with that particular person. Don't think that's by accident. Because God wants to do a work in you. God wants to do a work in you. He wants to expand you to love people, to serve people, to help people, to show grace, to show mercy. And God puts you in those situations where you're struggling with people, where it's hard. But hey, hey, 90% of the battle is showing up. As you show up and you wrestle with God and you get his grace and you get his perspective and you get his love, he changes you from the inside out so you're able to love people that don't love you, that hate you. You're able to bless people that curse you. You're able to do good to people that, that, that mistreat you. You're able to do that because God is perfect love. He's perfect mercy. He's perfect, he's holy, and he's good. And what he wants to do is he wants to expand us to become more and more like him, become more and more like him. God so loved the world. God loved us while we're still enemies, that he, he died for us. He demonstrated his love that while we're still enemies against him, he died for us on the cross. While we're still sinners, he died for us. God is love. That will never, never, ever change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's unconditional. And what he wants to do is he wants to make us more and more like him. But that includes a struggle with man. But if we struggle with God first, if we wrestle with God and go, God, I'm taking this serious. This is serious. I'm not mucking around here. I'm not playing games. I'm after you by faith because you are the source of my blessing. You are where my help, I look to the hills. You are where my help comes from. You are my salvation, my rights. You are my love. I, I, I love because he, I, we love because he first loved us. And so when we do that, when we get in the closet or when we, whatever we do, go, go for a run, whatever we do, whatever, get in the word, listen to worship music, whatever we do, the important thing is that we're going after and we're not letting go until we receive, until the experience of God is very real in our lives because that's what he's promised us. And I it's, it's encouragement this morning not to let him go until the experience of his promises, the experience of his goodness, the experience of his love and his peace and his joy, the experience of his grace is real in, in your life. Don't settle. Please don't settle. Please don't settle. Keep going. Keep holding on to him because there is a promise at the end of holding on to him. There's a promise in the midst of it and there's a promise at the end of it where he will come through and change your life. You know, when I, when I was first um, 
when I was born again, I experienced the Holy Spirit in my room. Experienced the Holy Spirit. I could sense the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came and filled me completely. And that particular night, I got the sense of a, a, a couple of different people groups came to mind. And these particular people groups were people like I thought, hey, these are bad people. These are people that are not good in society. These are people that deserve judgment and that. And these people groups came to mind. And I just felt God say to me, right in the midst of that, saying, Ryan, I don't hate them. I love them. I just want them to come home. I just want them to, I just want them to come home. And just in, in closing now, if I could just... I'm just going to, yeah, if I could just get the team up, I'm not too far away from, from closing. Um, when, I think of a, when I think of a real struggle, when I think of a struggle so great and so intense, I think of this one up here. And this is a, a, a picture that I wanted to... Um, give reference to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there's a struggle that's going on. God, the Son of God, but also the Son of Man, man, fully man and fully God, there's a struggle that's happening. And he's praying to God earnestly. And he ends up coming up with this line. And he says, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And he went on, and it was like great drops of blood through his sweat, great sweat of blood dripped off him. Great drops of blood came off him and when he was sweating. And Jesus was like, you know, if I could paraphrase, like, Father, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to do this. I, 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 don't, I don't want to I don't want to go through this. I don't want to be whipped and I don't want to be scourged and I don't want to be cursed and I don't want to be spat at and I don't want to be slapped in the face and I don't want to be beaten by the people I love. I don't want that. Father, I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want to take the sin of the world upon myself. I don't want that. I don't want that. I love these people, but not my will, but your will be done. There was a real struggle, but from that struggle meant that we can face every single struggle, meant that we can overcome temptation through Jesus, meant that we can overcome temptation because he went right to, that, right to that degree of sweating blood. Therefore, he knows and he sympathizes with our weaknesses for us to be able to overcome every temptation and the power of the Holy Spirit in him. We can be more than conquerors. We can overcome sin. We can overcome these things in our life because he has done it. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray. And perhaps I get you to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. But as we just go through this last song, the invitation that I want to give is maybe for the first time that you're saying, not my will, but your will be done, God. Maybe for the very first time. And that would mean giving your life and saying that, Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior of my life. And I'm not going to go my way. 
I'm not going to keep going my way, but instead I'm going to turn, I'm going to go your way, Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to, not my will, but your will be done for the rest of my life. You are the Lord and Savior of my life. You are my hope for eternal life. You are my hope for freedom and forgiveness of sins. And perhaps you, that's you this morning. And I'd encourage you to be so bold to, to come. And we've got a ministry team and a prayer team. And we'd love to pray for you. It'd be an amazing opportunity to do that. The other call is that maybe this morning, something in this message has, has touched you. Something in this message has um, called you to come to an altar moment. It's an altar moment, which is very, it's a physical moment, but it's a moment where you step out by faith and go, okay, God, I'm coming to meet you. I'm coming to the altar. And it might be, not my will, but your will be done. It might be an altar moment of a fresh sense of, of submission, a fresh sense of laying things down, a fr- fresh sense of actually going, God, you are the Lord, you are the Savior of my life. So I'm going to pray. We're going to go to the side, and then I just encourage you to come if you would like that, if you want that. And um, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Father, I just thank you for this morning. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're in this place. And I just thank you that if we be real with you, you'll be real with us. And right now, as we just have these final moments together, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would draw our hearts to you afresh. That 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 might mean making a fresh step of faith and a fresh step of commitment by coming to the front. It may mean a decision within our hearts as we're still in our seats and standing. It may mean, whatever it means, God, I just pray that you would meet us this morning. And I just pray that we would go out of here being real with you and that you'd be real with us. That we would not let you go, but God, that we would receive the full inheritance, Jesus, that you died for so that you may be glorified, honoured and praised, so that your will would be done, that your kingdom would come. And I pray that right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.